Skitter. Skitter. Skitter pal meow meow. Welcome to the plug with Bushy, Sand in the Mountain Man. Welcome to the plug with Bushy, Sand in the Mountain Man. Alright, welcome to the plug with Bushy, Sand in the Mountain Man. I want to say this is episode 13, but it's really episode 12 and a half. But we're going to call it 13 so that anybody that might be simple can figure out that this is our 13th show. It's just a continuation of the last show. <laughs> Sid Mountman, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, brother man. Had a had a pretty damn decent weekend and uh, just kicking back, looking to get this uh, on the way and get it over with. What about you, Mountman? Skitter pal, meow meow, cannot complain at all. Well, what about you? Hmm. <laughs> what about who? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what about who? Not, not you, it's you. What about you? Oh, that that's his word of the week here, I guess. No, no, not even close. I'm just talking normal redneck. You, 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 I told you my word of the week last week. I bet you didn't, don't even remember. Yonder. Yonder. Under. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I absolutely remember. Oh, man, I'm doing okay. I'm a... I'm not depressed, even though I seem down. I'm exhausted. The show last night's the first long show I've done in a while. Uh, the overtime's killing me. Um, and I had to run the front half of the week on Tuesday and Wednesday. So instead of being in at 6 in the morning, it's 5.30. So instead of getting up at 5, I have to be up at 4. So I've been up at 4 o'clock every goddamn day for the whole week. Was up at 7 o'clock in the morning Sunday. Um... Which is early as shit, but at the same time, when you get up at 4 o'clock every friggin' morning, it's like you're sleeping in for three hours. Yeah, doesn't mean I felt any better about it. And by the time I finally got off the air last night, I was exhausted. And, uh, I don't know, I guess I got up at 9.30, ran, did some laundry, came back here, had myself some lunch, drinking coffee, tried to wake up, because hopefully we can make this entertaining, but I, I don't know, hold on, Mountain Man. Do you Excuse have me? <laughs> Bumblebee tuna. <laughs> do, do we have to leave i mean is your sphincter tightening the wrong way uh do you have a pimple to pop or any other plethora of excuses that might cut this short today uh excuses that would be a negative last week if you honestly think about it was i have to but okay yeah excuses not even close no i do not have to leave at all today <laughs> Holy oh, shit, we might get through a whole episode. <laughs> right. Uh, you only lose some of your frequent flyer miles for that, by the way. Oh, only some? Okay. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> so, so, so explain to everybody uh, what happened with you last week, because that's, that's unheard of to, to be doing an album review 
and not be a two album set it's just one album but only do half of the freaking record explain to everybody what happened man okay well originally as a lot of people know yes i'm redneck rednecks don't own a lot of brand new shit or decent shit we basically have to put together what we got and run with it so my little wifey god love her uh, vehicle we went mall. Now let me explain. It's a Ford, it's a Ford Escape, 2002 model, 212,000 miles, just about to fall apart. We literally put money into this thing. How much would you? How much? How much money would you say, Granny? Too much. Too much money to keep this thing running. Well, our plan was because now finally myself and her making decent money we's like okay we've never owned a decent vehicle before so the original plan was tuesday we were going to go get a new vehicle for her welcome monday dear now review she's on her way home pulls in the driveway and she starts hearing this loud popping noise gets out of the car gets dj out of the car walks to the door and hears it again turns around and looks the tires are practically falling off of the front of the vehicle. <laughs> In the driveway. That, wow. Now, wait a second. Y'all are rednecks. You ain't got a horse you could have set her off on until we were done with the show? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Amish country that does uh, it. <laughs> but on the property where I live, yeah, we've got pretty nice little two acres, but we're not farming rednecks. You ask why? <laughs> oh, oh, my, my bad, my bad. <laughs> no four-wheeler with a car seat we, built we, in, nothing like that? <laughs> no, 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 no horse, buggy, carriage, whatever you want to call it, no. So she comes in worried to death, and her having to go to work the next day, her sleeping out, goes, honey, it looks like, uh, and this was while we were having the alpha review, pulls me over to the side while they were talking. And goes, honey, we're going to have to go get a car now. I'm like, why? I look out the door, come back, going, oh, good God, Nate and Joe's going to kill me. That's why I basically wrote you and said, uh, guys, I got to go. I didn't want you to worry or think anything. You know, I knew I was going to catch hell. Because if I didn't, I, something would be wrong. But uh, either way, knowing that, and this this is the bad part. This, this, this ain't even the funny part of the whole scenario and situation. We thought, okay, we leave, what time was that, around 4.30, 3.30, somewhere around in there, I think. We left from here to go down to Hickory, to a Honda dealership, which, now, everybody, I'm going to repeat this again, we don't have any car dealerships where I live. I live in a two-horse, little bitty town of two red lights, three gas stations, one now one grocery store because the other one shut down a family dollar four churches and three restaurants we have to drive off the mountain to go anywhere to get anything decent and, and one of the horses is mad so yeah you just might as well just look at it that way <laughs> uh, we get down to hickory it's about uh 3 it's about five o'clock we go in the used dealership side, side, start talking to them, everything. 
before we get out and about in a vehicle that my wife likes, which is not her fault, I never again want to finance or pay for another vehicle like that again because it takes six freaking hours just for them to get the paperwork ready. We didn't get home till 1230 at night. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. I am well versed in that. I, uh, I used to sell Fords um, for Davidson Ford up here in uh, Watertown, New York. And I tell you what, man, um, I have spent many a late night just to get a deal done and a vehicle delivered. So I certainly understand. And when I just went and bought my truck here, um, I guess I'm about to make my third or fourth payment on it. So however long ago that was, it was an all-day affair. I absolutely understand. And what it is, is it's the uh, business manager or the finance manager working with their multiple banks in order to get you approved at the best rate they can possibly do it. Um, if your credit's awesome, that shit only takes a couple hours. If it's like yours is, the way it sounds, and the way mine is, the way I know, it's an all-goddamn-day affair to get a bank to take a chance on you. Well, what, you know, what, what, was, what was funny with the whole part of it, we walked through the door and we told them we have a trade-in that is messed up, which we told them from the get-go, we have a vehicle, it is messed up, Give us what you can for it. And we had a little bit of cash. So we walk through the door and tell them. They look up our credits. Our credits ain't shot. They're they're okay, but they're not completely shot. They already gave us a rate six, five hours before. And we already agreed on it. And it still took them that long to get everything processed until uh, later that evening. And Hickory is about a two-hour drive. So, yeah, doing all that and driving home, I will admit, I, 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 I'm simple, I'm easy, I do not like dealing with hitting big crowds, this and that. God almighty, I never want to go back and do that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, like I said, I certainly get that. And that's another car salesman uh, uh, trick, is to, to, to give you a rate that you're expecting, and then... You know, you could end up finding out later on it is the same, it's not the same, it's more, it's less. It's it's all just a big gamble, and it's um, what it really boils down to is not so much that they're trying to uh, get you into what you want at the price you want. What they're trying to do is stretch the term far enough so that their commission is good. Right. <laughs> because I used to love those deals. You know, I, I had a guy come in. He had a 2012, 2010 F-150 he wanted the 2013 Ford Mustang, uh, G, uh, was a GT 5.0 California Special. Had a glass top. Um, it wasn't a soft top. It wasn't a fucking uh, uh, you know convertible. And it didn't have a sunroof. It was a glass top. And uh, all that dude said to me was, "Get me at this price." And I knew I had him hook, line, and sinker. But I went through the whole you know rigmarole because once you give me a number, it's easy to get into that number. If I've got to stretch the term to six years, I know I'm going to hit that number. Well, I ended up making $1,000 off of that one car. It was it was a great thing. Selling cars was is good money if you're any good at it. That, that, I, that, that's why I'm glad you're the educated redneck. I couldn't survive in a big city or having to go to the whole rigmarole. I'm the tough person. I want to go to work, turn a paycheck, and go straight home. I know, no, no, no. I couldn't, I couldn't pull none of that. Uh, well, you, to be honest, I'm the same way. I, 
I get in my truck after work, and my first stop is my front door. Uh, I have a huge homebody. Um, I don't like going into Watertown at all, even though it's called a city. There ain't a lot of people there. I don't know, 35 to 50,000 people, something like that. But I try to stay the hell out of it. And in fact, where I work in that city is on the outskirts. So I literally go a quarter mile into Watertown. It's a it's an eight minute drive from where I am to where I have to work. Understandable, understandable. The thing that sucks up here that to work in, up here where I live in Avery County, unless you own Christmas trees, you work in fast food, you work in the grocery store, or you work for the state for Department of Corrections or DOT, you don't you don't work nowhere unless you go far off somewhere else to work. Hence why I have to drive to Walthoggy County every day to go do maintenance. Sure, sure, I definitely get that. I definitely get that. But then you have the city boy over here who must love that lifestyle. <laughs> what, what, what lifestyle is that? Because like I said, I've never really owned a vehicle considering that I'd rely on city transportation to get my ass around from point A to point B. Oh, yeah. We, I know we do have a bus service in Watertown, but you have to live in the city to, to use that. Otherwise, it's a cab. And this place ain't big enough for a goddamn subway. Right. <laughs> Only subway we got around here is sell sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, subways is pretty nasty. Uh, I don't mind it, but I prefer our local sub shop, uh, Drek Subs. It was started by teachers up here. They sold it years ago. A bunch of them were closing down because the guy that bought the uh, bought the company was skimming off the top from like literally the moment he bought the goddamn company. He's about to go do 13 years in prison for it. And a lot of the direct sub sandwich shops around here are closing down because of it. It's been up here in northern New York since like the 70s, I think. That's oh, bullshit. That's bullshit, man. See, I don't understand how you have a company because I'm assuming that that's the type of company that's only locally owned. That shit's not worldwide type ordeal. So nah, it's, it's just northern New York. I think maybe up into St. Lawrence County, down to Lewis County and Jefferson County. I don't even know if they're uh, uh, further away than that. I know they are not in Syracuse. Well, you see, that's what I'm trying to say. So basically, it's almost locally owned. And if this guy, if let's say he's an outsider, I mean, I don't know if this this guy you're speaking of, like what his whole ordeal is, but this sounds like a possible outsider who just came in with a whole bunch of cash to buy the company out, and then you know, like you said, skimming off the top. That's bullshit. Because right now, you just cost all those people that work at those shops and those, you know, um, same places to cook and stuff, their jobs. You know. And, oh yeah. You know, God forbid you got a single mom out there with, like, three kids and stuff, and that was her income. Guess what? You just fucked her. So, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't and it's, and it's, a, it's a crappy thing. Um, there are some that are staying open because the individual franchisees had the option to buy out those locales. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, that sub shop that's been here since I got up here, you know, it was before then, but since I got up here at 87, it's been the best sub shop, you know, in the area. But yeah, a lot of them will be going away. You do know only two rednecks and a city boy would talk about a fucking sub shop, right? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I know, and, and thankfully I already ate, so it's not making me hungry. I'd hate that to say, look guys, I gotta go grab a sub real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I made sure I ate too before I started. Oh, good lord. So, 
The Mountain Man introduced us to a new game last week and just baffled both me and Sid. So I am so looking forward to it this week. We already know the word if you were paying attention from last week, but it is time for our words of the week. Who's going to go first? Mountain Man. Nope. I went first last week when we started. It is one of your two turns, by God. I, I will not participate in this, man, because like I said, I cannot come up with shit as good as you, so. <laughs> I'll just oh, that. Quit being a pussy. I got a great word here. And the word is skitter. And, uh, yeah. What? I, I, skitter. You heard it. It's a spell word. It's it's spelled S-K-I-T-T-E-R, and it means to skip, glide, or move lightly or rapidly along a surface. Or, it's also used as to fish by drawing a lure or a baited hook over the surface of the water with a skipping movement. I prefer to use that as the first definition, because I can see the mountain man doing that very thing. High knees and all, with his arms stretched way out to his sides, frolicking through the high grass in the mountains. Yes, he is skittering. Oh, you are <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> you are. That's crazy. What, what I told skittering? you the dictionary is a beautiful thing. Yes, well, I thought you were actually saying skitter, like the way I say it, but it's skitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was close enough, though. I thought it was funny because oh, yeah. all I do is I just open up a dictionary and just kind of slap my finger down at a word. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that that oh, had to be right there just to much with me. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I was like, what are the odds? <laughs> That's crazy. Because a skitter uh, with the D up here is a logging truck. Is that what y'all call it down there? Is that just what it's called? Uh, I guess either way, from the educated people, yeah, it's probably a skitter. But for someone like me, if you just say it's simple, skitter. Well, no, no, no. I mean, skitter with the D is the logging truck. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cause I, had a, I had a buddy I went to high school with, uh, killed by one of those, dropped a log on him. So. Oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. Hard-working dude, he was a real badass back in the day, but I guess you can't fight that goddamn 400-pound log. Woo! Alright, Sam, what's yours? Fuck that bullshit. <laughs> I, I don't have a dictionary in my house, dude. I don't do books, dude. I'm not educated, bro. I, I don't... Everything's don't on the internet. <laughs> so now Sid is unprepared. Look at that shit. That's almost as bad as being late or leaving early or not showing up at all. Hey, rather be unprepared than freaking late. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have words. I don't have a dictionary. I'm not going to Google up anything. So, yeah, I mean, I could look at my notes and point my finger on it, but then it will come up with some bullshit word like Pindo or something like that. So, oh, why not? Last week you came up with freaking lube. Yeah, yeah. I came up with lube. But seriously, you don't know one last week? No, not really, not off the top of my head, no. Alrighty, well, you know what, we're going to let it slide, but next week, you better read a comic book something. (laughs) (laughs) I'll open up my latest copy I've got of a porn magazine, I'll find a word entertaining enough, how's that? Final word. Good lord. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind me, just follow the dictionary. 
Jesus, about that. Alright, I guess my word, like I stated before, is yonder. Does anybody, I just ask you, Nate, since you're the educated one out of all three of us, uh, what is, what, what is a typical word for yonder? The, the typical definition, or how would I use it? Yonder uh, no, is, is... The typical definition. Okay, yeah. Yonder, the way I'm aware of how it's uh, used, it needs a location. You know, over yonder would be over there. Correct. <laughs> Everybody, uh, even you have called me out on this when we play video games, because I'd always say yonder. Right. <laughs> Basically used in the sentence for us rednecks, Granny Clyde's looking up here like, all right, let's see what he's done. I know she's going to give some input. Basically, telling someone, go over yonder and get this, by gosh, or you need to go up there and over yonder and around this way and up there and uh, back around. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Basically, <laughs> over yonder. Over there. Granny Clyde, what have you got for yonder? Nothing? Up there? Up there. Yeah, the <laughs> word from last week, I incorporated both. Up there. Yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> the mountain man is going to give us 400 definitions for how to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and all I'm going to be able to say is go to damn hell. Go to damn hell. <laughs> hell. Now, wait a minute. Do you mean hell like hell from the sky or literal H-E double hockey? Yeah, them hockey sticks. I hate them hockey sticks. Them hockey sticks, okay. <laughs> oh, so, so, wow. so wait a minute. So this just randomly, we just pick a word and we got to give you the definition of the word. Is that how this damn whole thing works or what? Hey, where, where the hell have you been? Uh, <laughs> sitting here with my head up my ass, man, trying to see why my fucking colon's hurting. <laughs> wow! You got, you got to get your fist out of it. Yeah, I had to get my fist out of it, considering I played Stink Fist the other night, which was kind of crazy. But yeah. Oh, oh good God! Granny Clyde just uh, hollered at me and said, uh, "Your word, Nate Skitter. Skitter. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, I keep saying Skitter. Uh, but it is actually a word used within my family for a candy bar." Really? Yep. I'm going to see what? if you can actually figure it out. It, it, it's actually spelled in the name, uh, if you can figure it out, Skitter, but it's a long word for a certain candy bar. But, yeah, but Skitter is actually spelled within it, if you eliminate some letters. Within it? Yep. Good lord, it certainly ate a fucking payday bar. Oh, hell no. It definitely <laughs> is not. Uh, uh, not a Snickers. Nope. Milky Way. The Three Musketeers? Aha! Good lord. If you uh, eliminate wait. the letters in Three Musketeers, Musketeers, it actually says Skitter. <laughs> Gosh. I think y'all have too much time up there on that mountain, or the air's really thin. Yes, the air's that, really yeah, thin. That would be yeah. both. We have way yeah. too much damn time on our hands. <laughs> Oh, good lord. Good lord. So how's everybody weeks been? We know Dub's um, old lady tried to break a car so that she could get a new one. That's very selfish of her, by the way. <laughs> right. Well, no, I know, right? Well, I can't say nothing much because not even three months ago I got a better truck. So, yeah. 
Right, right. And of course, we're just going to mess with Jess because, well, frankly, she's not here to yell at me. <laughs> yeah, because she yelled at you after the podcast last week. <laughs> I know it. I know it. It, it did the one before that. What the hell? <laughs> oh, good Lord. See, if I was my sister and rude, I'd have had something nasty to say to her, but I'm a nice guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, my sister, when you start doing stuff like that, my sister would be like, I ain't fucking you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lordy. No, I've had a a pretty good week. Like I said, you worked a lot. um, Stupid hours. I was in a lot of pain Tuesday. I ended up having to palletize for four hours because the guy that uh, is the uh, production supervisor used to be the foreman on that shift. So he doesn't schedule anybody because he says, you know, well, no, I'm here. It's okay. But it's not okay because you do supervisor shit, not foreman shit. All right. So I'm stuck down there doing assistant foreman and and relief operator shit (laughs) when I should be running the goddamn shit. So I spent four hours of palletizing. I walked out of there half bent over because I am just not as strong as I am or as I was when I was doing that job. Uh, when I was doing that job, I did that job for a year and a half. I was a palletizer there with this company. You know, what? I would lift those uh, four mil rolls, which are about 100 pounds, which isn't super heavy. But I could lift them right in front of me with my arms stri- you know, out straight and put them into the roll wrapper. Now I got to put my knee up underneath that motherfucker and <laughs> kind of do a twist with it so I can put it in there. Because all of a sudden those rolls got really heavy when you're not lifting them all day anymore. So I was, uh, I want to say I was in bed and asleep by 7 Thursday, uh, 7.30 Tuesday uh, evening. I was just exhausted, plum wore out. The rest of the week wasn't that bad, though. Um, I'm lying, it was horribly bad. We uh, had to do a lot of resin changes. We'd be getting a lot of holes in the film we produce. So um, we went back to the old resin we were using. It had just put us two days behind in our changeover. So by Friday, all of our mechanics were just hauling ass trying to get everything up to date so we could start shipping this product out because our company uh, bought out another company and uh, we were going to continue to sell their product for them, but they got pissed off and pulled all their product from our shelves so we're having to uh, my my little plant here in watertown new york where this stuff was invented uh back before 1960 we're having to increase production roughly 35 to 40 percent of one particular type of film because this other company you know already had kind of cornered the market on it <laughs> so we're just hauling ass trying to put all this same shit out of uh, 10 of our machines we only have 11 in the plant 10 of them are running the same damn thing right now trying to keep up with demand so it's a uh, it's been a pain in the ass saturday however everything was back to normal it's actually a real slow boring day 3 30 cannot come fast enough i tell you what <laughs> had those things all right but the, the, the nice thing is man i mean uh that's what you call job security a 35 percent increase in production is a beautiful thing however it does mean people have really got to step up to the plate and uh getting rid of frequent flyer helped because now i think i have a crew of guys that will be there for the most part um these guys don't seem to call in which is a nice thing because we definitely need all hands on deck to uh to meet these demands across the world and that's the thing we sell this product worldwide Got. You know, places that uh, can't grow their own food because of water shortages or they have to really conserve water. Um, 
know, this is the kind of stuff, uh, these are the kind of places we sell to. We sell to Mexico, South America, Africa, uh, and India are our biggest uh, markets, so. It's hell. Did you catch WWE last night? I did not. I heard mm-hmm. that what's his dick came back. Yep, the great, great colleague. What the hell was that about? Mm. Well, well, you know he's the creator of the uh, match, the Pajabi Prison. That was only done twice before ever. Of course, right. you know WWE trying to spread their market everywhere, this and that. But I don't really don't know if WWE realizes how bad they are making people hate freaking WWE now because they won't fight fair no more or make it really decent anymore. Yeah, you know, that's what was happening with WCW back in the day. If you remember, uh, every time there was a title match, that's where there was always some kind of outside interference. And whoever the champ was would retain the title because of a, uh, uh, what, what the hell is that word? Oh, what's that word? We'll never forget it. Oh, yeah, I forget it now, though. <laughs> disqualification, <laughs> disqualification. Right. Hmm. Yeah, so that, that's what was happening with WCW, and that's when I actually started turning it back over to uh, to the WWF, which is now the E. They decided to get the F out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's why I switched. You know, plus you had all those young guys coming up. You had uh, Triple H coming up. You had The Rock and Stone Cold, all those guys. So it was starting to get a little more exciting. And, um, yeah, WCW ended up failing. For that very reason. The problem is right now, there's no other company out there that can uh, compete with WWE, if you ask me. Now, there's a lot of small markets. You know, they still have regional wrestling shows. But none of them have the money and the, and the influence to reach, you know, the worldwide audience the way Vince McMahon does. So, that's kind of what we're stuck with. True. No, but uh, at the same time, I mean, they're just making it a repeat of every single thing of just cheating, and they've got to come up with something better. If Jinder Mahal could have beat Randy Orton last night single-handedly and won that match, it would have been a hell of a lot better than the way they done. Right. But it was a four-on-one scenario. Either way you looked at it, I mean, it, it's just turning into a bunch of bullshit. Unfortunately. Yeah, that sucks yeah. because that, uh... Wrestling is entertaining, and I will be watching Raw tonight, you know, just to get all the feedback. I don't even know if they'll talk about that pay-per-view much, because that's a SmackDown pay-per-view, so. Yeah. And then, you know, there's that, too. I don't give a shit about SmackDown, so whatever. (laughs) Well, see, I was starting to lean more towards SmackDown, because they were actually making stuff pretty interesting until Jinder Mahal got the freaking time. I understand spreading the market out, having somebody... Hell, Jinder Mahal ain't even from India. He's from freaking San Diego. <laughs> but either way, I, I get the point to it in the end. But this guy not even, what, six months ago was in a, a, a three-person group in the WWE that was getting their ass whipped every day. Now he's top dog with the uh, most prestigious title in WWE. They're making a mockery out of it to an extent instead of making it interesting like they tried to do with Shawn Michaels and everybody else. They're just really failing story-wise. Now, some matches, don't get me wrong, this feud with AJ Styles and Kevin Owens is really interesting going back and forth. 
so on and so forth, the women's uh, championship, they've bumped that up tenfold. It seems to me they're trying to concentrate more on the women than any other match in the entire organization. Oh, I, I concentrate on the women more than anything else. I would yeah, do. that's because you're a damn horn dog. Hey, look, man, that Alexa Bliss. Whew, good God. <laughs> <laughs> her little five-foot ass. I would just like to throw her all kinds of around. Good Lord. There is there is a reason though why they're failing. Uh, if you if you look at it traditionally over the years, they've never really had major titles such as the WWE Championship or uh, per se the World Heavyweight Championship. At the time that the World Heavyweight Championship was there, they usually save those for the Big Four: WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series. That's when you're liable to see a title change hands. Now, last night, the U.S. title went back to Kevin Owens. But I'm almost for certain at some time, you're going to see Kevin Owens and AJ Styles again. Won't be surprised if you see Randy Orton try to go for number 14 again. Nope. Slam. Nope. So who are they going to put against Jinder Mahal then, dude? Because there, it's already the... been three times he's lost. It'll be somebody else, and $15 says it'll be John Cena because he just got oh. up and Rusev. Last night with what he does, uh, so they'll probably put him for number seventeen. Huh? Did, yeah. did, did Lada win last night? Oh no, no. Yeah, I love that little looking... sit down mm. power bomb or body slam she does. Mm. I let her drop that ass on my face. Well, her name is C.J. Perry or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she's from North Carolina. Yep, she is. Woo. Yeah. Uh, what What's funny with all that? They're try, they're trying to do Lana like they was trying to do Eva Marie. They're trying to give a big push because they like her to make her like Nikki and Brie Bella was right a top person. The only thing is they're like I said they're doing the story wrong. They're making them out to have help because either a they're uh, not experienced enough to do what the WWE wants them to do. Or, like I said, they just suck right now at freaking story, right? Now, isn't, sure she, uh, them, isn't she also wrestling on NXT or no? Not anymore, no. She is now full-time up on the main roster. Oh, and now, and is she a full-time wrestler? Because when they were on uh, on Raw, she was just a valet. You know, she, yeah. was, uh, she was Rusev's arm candy. Well, now her and Rusev's going through divorce, and they've got her wrestling for herself and Rusev for himself now. Nice, so, nice. Always thought she was hot with that little snooty look on her face. Loved it. <laughs> right. Those those damn business dresses that she used to wear. Oh, oh man. I know, right? Just put some glasses on her and, you know, old spank bank, there it is. Right, I'm glad they brought Maria back. Maria can get rid of her husband, though, but damn, they brought Maria back, bro. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah I remember her in Playboy. She was... Hmm. Man, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, but they're playing her off to the uh, garbage as well. Really? That, all she is is eye candy. She's only supporting her husband and nothing more. They're how... not making her out to be a wrestler, right? Yeah, but how old is she now? Have you noticed female wrestlers don't tend to last as long? I'm actually uh, surprised that Mickey James is back, even though I know she was at another organization. It was either TNA or uh, Impact. I know yeah. she was over at one of those two joints, 
But you don't typically see females last that long. I mean, my favorite of all time didn't last that long, Trish Stratus. Um, right. You know, Lita didn't last that long, even though it was a good run, a good career. And obviously those two women are comfortable. You know, they, they made their bank. But it, they, it doesn't seem like... Doesn't seem like they have long careers like the men do. I mean, hell, Ric Flair just retired a few years ago, for God's sakes. But how the hell old is is, is what the hell's her name again? Just that little Greek Maria. Yeah, Marina Canetis or whatever her name is. Yeah. How old is she? I have uh, no idea. I, know. I, I don't know. I'm googling that shit right now as we speak. <laughs> Look, John, we've done got CNs, but. Who's now? He's decided to talk out this whole. How long have we been talking now? I know, right? Almost a damn hour. Now he's interested. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. He's gonna be looking at fucking old pictures of her. I'm telling you, <laughs> he's looking old pictures. We're not looking. You, you're not She's looking sad. up her name followed by nude in images. <laughs> yeah, we, we already know what your time is. Good <laughs> lord, son of a thirty-five. Bitch, son of a bitch is getting heavy, eighty. <laughs> Having to carry this fucker every week. <laughs> thirty-five, and she still looks as young as she did back in the day. And she's been gone fucking ten years too. Wow, thirty-five. That's, that's, that's old enough. Where I don't feel guilty about myself anymore. <laughs> yep, there you go. Ugh. Quiet, trap. <laughs> hey, I had to take a sip of coffee. I can't help it if you guys can't keep talking. Jesus. Well, I, I, I can't believe he just said trial for himself. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, man. You only said three words. <laughs> no, actually, my, my week was pretty interesting. I had a Saturday. I was uh, I, I got stalked by a. I almost assuming that I would pray to God it was a female, but when you're asking like how old they are and they don't look legal. Yeah, you kind of want to tend to like stay away from that. But anyway, she was with she was friends on Facebook with another DJ from the station, and this guy who likes to play piano songs on his electric keyboard and say, "I miss holding you." I, I dare to ask what he miss holding. Maybe his nuts or something. I don't know. But uh, back to the girl, man. She was really fucking aggressive bro and it's funny because she had the audacity to ask me if i was gay or some shit because <laughs> i was blowing her off and i kept simply just telling her i says look you're a cute looking girl but you don't look fucking legal and i just kept blowing her off blowing her off she's like you want to see me naked on camp no bitch i don't want to see you naked on camp if your ass is 17, like, get the fuck out of here. She wouldn't answer the question. So I was like, look, I got to start my show in five minutes. Like, here's the link. You can come hang out in the chat room and do whatever. I was like, and have some fun. So I get in the chat room for our station where we're at. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And I noticed that one of her friends were up in there with me. And I asked him if he knew the girl. He's like, yeah, I know her. I'm like, how old is she? He wouldn't even answer the question. So I was like, you know what, fuck it, let me block this bitch. Blocked her, and he goes, is this girl so-and-so? I'm like, yes. He was like, yeah, I just some friend of her. I said, yeah, because I did, because she's sitting here being so superly aggressive and not answering a simple fucking question. How old are you? So long story short, really? if, if you have a female out there hitting you up on Facebook and she looks like she still sucks on lollipops for a fucking living, block that bitch. <laughs> That's all I got to say, man. That's how my week went. So. 
Nice, nice. I uh, I must be getting too old. I don't I don't get Facebook stock. <laughs> ne- neither do I. I'm starting to say, damn. <laughs> oh golly, that's funny. Well, what do you say, guys? Do we uh, do we want to finish up this review or do you want to keep bullshit? No, finish this damn review up because I never got into the last damn seven songs in here, and I was supposed to go eight shit on social media. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have some mom followers here now. I'll tell you after this fucking segment. <laughs> uh, who cares? We're going to get that trial button fucking ready. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. So we're going to pick up where we left off. We were reviewing uh, Marilyn Manson's Mechanical Animals. I don't know what happened to the page that said when that album came out. Um, as everybody knows, the Mountain Man had to fucking bail on us, so we got halfway through this album. Which is funny, this isn't a double live album or anything, it's just one album, 14 songs, but apparently this podcast has to do with it in two fucking parts. You're right. <laughs> hey, so, that book makes us interesting and different from everybody else. A lot of people like listening to us bullshit and give opinions, so screw it. Oh, I, I, you know, I, the episodes I like is where we're not doing record reviews. Right. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to move on to uh, track 8, which is really how I feel having to do this a second week in a row. <laughs> I want to disappear. Who's going to take that one? Go ahead, Sid. I'll, I'm going to take this. I love it. This song sat, it, it, the song says exactly what it says, how I feel. There are times where I just want to fucking disappear. Disappear from all my trolls, my haters, my exes. Just go off the fucking grid, man. This song musically... Is probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest song on the album. And by far, secretly, secretly, this is actually one of my favorite songs. Because sometimes it's just how I feel, man. But it's kind of like, when I say I want to disappear, it's not like go and off myself. It literally means like, I'm going to go off the grid and just say fuck everybody who says fuck me. That's how I feel. So, Well, I... You- this is another reason why I kind of hate doing album reviews because, like you just said, this is secretly one of your favorite songs. I hate this damn song. It is boring. The whole song is really cheesy. It's just bland to me. The guitar is pretty interesting, but with the bass, they should have skipped putting this song on the album, in my opinion, because it doesn't help the album out. <laughs> wow. I'm nice, sorry, nice. I mean, no. this, this is the other reason why I hate doing album reviews, because uh, me and you like it, I hate it, and she, me and you after this is over, we're going to go over a dispute of why this album's good, why it's not, so. Oh, absolutely not, that's why it's a, that's why it's a record review, um, it's what everybody's different opinions on it, me, I'm kind of, uh, I, I'm on the fence, I mean, I don't think it's a horrible tune, I don't think it's the best on the album, uh, it, it is good. Uh, I love how it's talking about how he's, um, you know, he's loving the fame, but how that's really nothing. You know, that's not important because, you know, what's important changes as we grow. You know, that's kind of what I'm getting from it. It's a decent tune. Um, It's not one that I listen to all the time. I am definitely up for pressing the old skip button on this song. But uh, from there, we go into... uh, one of the songs that I absolutely do love on this uh, album, uh, I don't like the drugs, but the drugs like me. 
I love the funk. This is where Manson, to me, is getting a little more experimental. Um, let's see. Uh, I love those lyrics, uh, even though I don't necessarily agree with them. It's, um, it's bashing basically everything I grew up uh, uh, believing, but I, I do love hearing the point of view, if, if you know what I'm saying. Um, the anti-establishment uh, scowling and belittling of the normal people is, is what I mean. It's, it's actually one of my favorite songs on the album, even though I can't agree with a single goddamn thing he's saying in it, which is, quite frankly, uh, the same way I feel about the Dead Kennedys when I listen to them. I don't agree with a goddamn thing the Kennedys say, but I do love the music. Yeah, number nine, I don't like the drugs. For me, it's, it's one of the top songs on the record, Mountain Man. For me, honestly, this song kind of reminds me of uh, David Bowie's thing. I mean, same basic concepts of everything from the start of it. I mean, if anybody's heard David Bowie's song, same. I mean, it, that's the way it pretty much sounds like to me from the beginning. It is an interesting song. It comes in with him singing uh, the main title, which is the hook of the song. But uh, uh, it does, like you said, have a funky guitar feel, which sounds, which sounds like, like I said, David Bowie's song thing. And you can tell that influenced Manson with this song. And the video that he is a really weird video. A verse driven by guitar bass riffs, and it sounds really good. Uh, and as long as the song uh, chorus sounds better and better when it's included, I think a female singer would, uh, with the fake includes a female singer, kind of gave it a little more pop, for sure. Nice, nice. I, I really love the uh, Bowie comparison with Fame. That's great. I was thinking more Parliament Funkadelic, but yeah, I can definitely see that as well. Uh, Sid, what do you think, man? Number nine. Yeah, it's funky. I like it. Uh, <laughs> I would pass it for a theme song for me, <laughs> in certain sense. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, it kind of has that little porno funky beat to it, man. The girls on here, man, doing the background vocals at the end actually make it that little poppy uh, sound. But, yeah, this is when he was definitely uh, experimenting and trying to go a new direction. I'm kind of glad he didn't stay in this direction because it just doesn't suit his style, but... To kind of bring it into the track as late as they did on the album, just it made for a great, great, great fucking song. Yeah, I think personally. I agree, man. The placement of that song on this album is brilliant, especially after I, uh, you know, I want to disappear. And what was before that? Was hey, I've got to, I've got to go backwards in notes because Dub fucked it up. Post-human. Yeah, yeah post-human post was. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that song. Fucking weird. All right. uh... New model number fifteen. Who's up? Mountain Man's up. Uh, well, this song reminds me of Posthuman, and I want to disappear. It contains cheesy lyrics, but has some interesting bits to it. The verses are really boring, but the chorus picks up in a place and bit with a great guitar riff and singing the title of the song over and over. It gets a bit repetitive after a while, but it certainly it is certainly better than the two of the other friends, in my opinion. Right on. Okay, can, can I take over yeah, on this go one? Ahead. Uh, Bushy? Go ahead. Two words. It sucks. What about you, Bushy? <laughs> well, that's funny because, um, hold on, I got to mute. I have to clear my throat. <coughs> oh, I know, right? Oh, oh sorry. God. I, I... No, to, to me, it's a filler. 
so it's it just sucked for a filler song i think that's my opinion oh and i get that it's a uh, to me it's a song about an addict that's uh uh, you know, trying to uh, fit in with society, you know, shallow, kind of going through the motions, fucking people just so that they could be accepted. It, it does have a heavier edge. However, it's um, it's it's like it's trying to recreate Antichrist Superstar, you know, on this song in particular. I And I've got right here, not a fan, not a fan. So that's yep. interesting. We all hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nate, you're on user-friendly. Uh, user-friendly. Now, now, this one is is weird for me. I hate that synth intro. Um, but I do love those doo-doo-doos, though. I, stupid shit like that always gets me. <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan of the lyrics uh, because I hate people that have nothing to offer uh, but sex. Um, but I love the chorus. I mean, I love to hate uh, this song. I hate to love it. <laughs> but it's really a, a, a great tune because that's that one I'm not in love but I'm gonna fuck you till somebody better yeah I love that stupid song it, it offers nothing of substance but I fucking love it <laughs> well well to me the song shares similarities with the song Paranoia off of the uh, golden age of grotesque it reminded me so much of that song Basically having the same similarities. Uh, yeah, like I said, talking about using people for sex. It is a, a weird and groovy song, uh, but the chorus is really catchy, but certainly isn't good as of some other songs on the album. Mm, nice. Me, me personally, I think it's another creepy-ass porno song. And like I said, uh, like Bushy said, the chorus is excellent, man. It, 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 you you want to fuck, fuck you until somebody else comes better along. Uh, that has been done to me personally by every fucking ex I've ever had. So I, I love the user-friendly song, me personally, because it, it's happened to me since I've been 15 and a half years old. Oh, quit uh, crying, yeah, you the lucky synthesis, fucker. I'm not, I'm not crying because, hell, there's not a ring on my finger and there's not a leash around my neck. No pun intended, Mountain Man. But, uh... <laughs> that, that means no, literally he's song. got a leash around his neck. He's made to bark like a dog while somebody's hitting him in the ass with a rider's crop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, no, the uh, the synthesis we probably could have gone without, you know, in the beginning. But it's, it's a creepy little porno song, man. Love uh, number 12 fundamentally loathsome i don't got a goddamn thing to say other than this song made absolutely no sense to send here i personally feel that this is an absolute filler song this was like manson going oh shit we gotta write something just to fucking fill in this spot here i don't know how our albums are made personally i don't know if van go in the studio with a set number of songs they want to put on the track but this is one of these songs that just absolutely does not belong what? on here. The fucking solo. The song is way too slow. Makes me want to kind of like, I don't know, like literally kind of like do the plastic bag challenge, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Trial. I, I, don't, I don't like fundamentally lotion, no. It, it's, it's Dude, fun. I'm joking. It, it, it makes me like I said. It makes me feel like I should do the plastic bag challenge. So yeah, it, it just sucks. That's insane. But I respect your opinion, no matter how wrong it may be. 
because to me this song's so fucking interesting. It's it's very jazzy. It's also bluesy. It's so David Bowie. That's why it was funny when uh, uh, that Mountain Man picked up on the David Bowie and uh, I don't like the drugs. Uh, the hypocrisy of drug abuse making you feel good while you're slowly dying, you're know, killing yourself, and you're killing your interpersonal relationships. To me, this is such a sad, depressing song. I absolutely love it. Mountain Man. Well, well, for me, it, I mean, yeah, it is the slowest song on the album other than The Speed of Pain. It reminds me of the chorus because of the main riff, and it's mainly driven by bass and drums. It certainly picks up and gets heavier at about three, uh, three minutes or so. When I first heard the song, I hated it, but, I mean, it it's grown on me. It is no other, it's not my favorite Manson song on the track, but it's it's a decent one. It's it, That song's slowly grown on me. Oh, I love Growers. Sometimes Growers turn out to be the best songs as you as you continue listening to an album over time. I, I completely get that. Ah, Last Day on Earth. I believe I'm up. Uh, what the fuck is he talking about? Uh, is addiction going to finally kill him now that he's found who he loves? Or are the drugs really who he loves and they're still going to kill him? I don't know, and I hate this song. I don't understand it. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Is that all you That's got That's all that? I have on that <laughs> son of a bitch. Wow. This, I, I can I can tell you personally, this will be my theme song, along with some bagpipes when it's my time to leave uh, this place. Last Day on Earth, I... I personally don't know what he's talking about. Like I said, Bush, um, like you said, I should say, it's kind of like, is it his last day? Like, what is he talking about, really? But, I mean, me personally, I like the whole um, outer space feel theme to it, man. Just a little in the background. I, I personally like it. I mean, musically, it's good. Lyrically, very confusing at times. But at like times. I said, man, along with... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could tell you, along with bagpipes, this will be my theme song when it's my time to fucking check out this son of a bitch. Mountain Man, oh, what whoa, you whoa, got? Whoa, 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 hold on. So, Sid is going to have this particular Marilyn Manson song playing, which makes absolutely no sense. Lyrically. And he's going to have bagpipes playing. And this motherfucker's Puerto Rican, yep. not Scottish. Am I understanding everything... <laughs> That, that's what I was fixing to say. I, I, I have a thing with fucking bagpipes. You don't understand. I actually have on my Spotify bagpipe music, like literally instrumental all over my shit, dude. Like literally a whole, probably about get 10 to 15 songs on my Spotify. Just nothing but bagpipes, okay. man. Okay, do you have pen and paper with you? Uh, not in All right, now. well, I'm going to tell you this. When you go back and listen to this later, because I know you guys are good about going back and listening the Royal Dragoons Marching Band, or something to that effect. It's a bagpipe yeah. band. Uh, they're brilliant. I saw them in uh, in Heidelberg, Germany, back in the early 80s. They're a brilliant, brilliant bagpipe uh, military band. When you say Dragoons, that would be like spelling dragons, but with two Correct. O's, right? D-R-A-G-O-O-N-S, the Royal Dragoons Scotch Guard, or something like that. You look up Royal Dragoons and Bagpipes, you'll find it on YouTube. Yeah. 
Right on. Yeah, I just grabbed. I literally got up and fucking grabbed my book and stuff, man. <laughs> nice. Mountain Man, last day on Earth. Uh, in my personal opinion, it is a great song musically. Lyrically, I'm like you. What in the blue moon effing hell is he even talking about? On a lot of it, because it makes absolutely no sense. Right. Musically, the drum work, uh, lyrics, bass, all that, it was great. The chorus is catchy from time to time, just the chorus in line. Uh, it's it's one of my favorites musically, but lyrically, I, I just do not personally understand. I'm telling you, he... What, what he needed while writing this song was Mr. Garrison standing in front of the class saying, Drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. What is bad, okay? Thank <laughs> you, Mr. Garrison. Take <laughs> my balls, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What I meant to say was... <laughs> Oh my god. my <laughs> Oh shit, dude. <laughs> oh god. That's the only thing at South Park I ever liked was that movie. Except for that disturbing part where you heard the sound and you go, yeah, you like that, don't you, bitch? <laughs> that that kind of grossed me out a little bit. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like hearing Satan grunt a little bit. It disturbed me. Here, here, here's a fun fact. When that movie came out, uh, when I tell you guys, I am about 30 minutes. I, I believe it's a 36 mile drive from Watertown to the Canadian border. When that movie came out, do you know they would not play it here in our local cinema? They they wow. banned it because of all the blame Canada thing. They deemed it too offensive to our northern neighbors so if you wanted to see that film in the theater you had to drive and at the time it was an hour and a half south because it's only 55 uh it's about 76 miles uh so take you about an hour 20 minutes just to get down there and then you have to get to the big ass ball down there but you had to go to syracuse to see this film that's what you call well, living in the great white north <laughs> wow that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it is. What could you do? All right. right. Well, we are coming to the end of this. Is it a masterpiece? Is it a disaster piece? I don't know. We will certainly discuss. But the final song, Open Floor, Coma White, what do you think? I'll take it. Go ahead. Uh, Coma White is my, my second favorite song on the album. The closing song of the album is definitely a great one. It was released as a single and got some negative attention in the media because the video was a reenactment of the Kennedy assassination in Manson's eyes. It starts out basic and catchy guitar riff, and Manson comes in singing with great lyrics, in my opinion. The chorus is definitely the best part of the song. It talks about Omega character and his very catchy and great vocal delivery on Manson's part. It is a great way to close the album. Yeah, I absolutely, nice. absolutely agree with you on some of that. What do you think, Sid? Oh, wow, wow, wow. Where to begin, man? They saved the best for fucking last. This is my absolute fave on this album, man. The song was technically written uh, and inspired by his wife at then time, Rose McGowan. The song has a feel like I'm from a different world, yet I'm still having 
not been accepted by society and you know my thoughts bleed out intentions but like no one hears me so when he's sitting there talking about how he's standing on a bridge and stuff he's actually kind of saying like is there anybody out there kind of like listening to what i'm saying yet nobody's like you know paying attention video is a totally different concept than what the song is the video was absolutely in my opinion gory to a certain extent because like mountain man said it's portraying uh the assassination of kennedy who was one of our great presidents back in the 60s and a lot of people gave manson shit for that because it was they didn't know if they were making a mockery of that or if they were you know i'm saying trying to uh, i guess uh fuck dictate right i guess that's not even the right word to say but basically recreate what happened is what i'm trying to get at but musically top to bottom if i would have to say this is by far out of his entire career and he's going on album number 10 right now this still by far ranks up there as the top song he ever fucking wrote in my opinion that that all nine of his fucking present albums Oh, wow, outstanding. Um, uh, I'm going to get into the rest of his albums here in a minute, but I have to say, Coma White is the best song on this album. Um, my interpretation is Coma White's a woman. Uh, this, this, she's been lost to drug abuse, you know, neglected, dejected, incapable of feeling, so she's, you know, turned to drugs. And, uh, and those drugs are basically her downfall. Um, the music is brilliant. The lyrics are fucking amazing. Uh, and the story's heartbreaking. I absolutely love it. It's my favorite on the album. And it is my all-time favorite Marilyn Manson song. Now, I um, I do want to talk a little bit, because we had discussed at the beginning of last episode that this is, in fact, a, um, a concept album. So I thought, what the hell is the concept? Uh, apparently, Manson's taking on two roles. One of them is a uh, substance-addicted glam rocker, and and the other is a gender-ambiguous alien called Omega. Uh, much like David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust falls to Earth, captured, placed with a band called the Mechanical Animals, and turned into a rock star product. Uh, he's become numb to the world, either lost or high in outer space, or the Hollywood Hills. Through excessive drug use as a coping mechanism, with his life as a product of his corporate masters. Uh, the other role is that of Alpha, who is based on himself and his experiences around the conclusion of the Antichrist Superstar Tour. Um, acting as Omega's foil, Alpha's emotions have only begun seeping back. Vulnerable, trying to relearn how to use them properly, he despairs about how little emotion other people feel, observing them to be mechanical animals. I think that's actually pretty brilliant. And what we find out is that this is actually part of a trilogy. Um, which would be Holy Wood, which is a storyline uh, that's followed by Mechanical Animals and concluded with Antichrist Superstar, so it's kind of told in reverse order. Um, I, I think that's really, uh, really interesting. And, uh, and Antichrist Superstar um, also made sense as an individual concept album as well as Mechanical Animals. I think it's, uh, I think it's a great album. I didn't know that it was a, um, a concept album. Because the songs are just so fucking far out there, man. I mean, uh, released September 14th, 1998, clocking in at uh, just over an hour. They considered it glam rock and electronic rock, not even metal. I think that's pretty interesting, too. 
So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think about that concept? That's pretty bizarre, pretty out there. I, 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 in general, didn't even know, first of all, the album was part of a trilogy. That's some good knowledge to know, because now I'm going to listen to all three of those, uh, probably during the week. Um, I, when the album first came out to me, I was kind of baffled by the whole alienage-looking cover. I didn't understand it. I kind of like, what the fuck did he cut his hair for? Like, I, I, my biggest fear was like, oh my god, he's... He sold out like Metallica did. But then when I got the album, I listened to it. I had to kind of skip through, you know, because I was like, there was nothing really catchy because I was so into the Antichrist Superstar. I was looking for songs right, like that. that. Brutal so I'm sitting. Exactly. And, but then I, there was one familiar song on the Mechanical Animals that brought me to. The Antichrist Superstar, which was Coma White, because Coma White has that slow acoustic feel like The Man That You Fear, which was another great song that Manson had off the Antichrist Superstar. So once I got that and I kind of compared it to and now went back to Mechanical Animals, I kind of understood that, oh, wait a minute, he's taking that different trip. As to the point, is he lost in Hollywood? Or is he lost somewhere out in space? So it was a great fucking concept album. And to me, I, I would say, yeah, it was kind of glam rock. But I, I would take the electric electric rock or whatever the hell was labeled as on Google. Because you know you can't rely on Google for these days. And actually say it was more of a punk rock album than an electrical one. Like funk and glam mixed together. I don't know if you got that same feel for it, but I did. I don't know about Mountain Man, but we're about to find out his thoughts. Mountain Man, what do you got, brother? Well, you took every single word practically out of my Oh, no, I'm but sorry. Uh, no, no, you're fine, dude. That's not a problem. Uh, between all three albums for concept, uh, basically between the three, yeah. I mean, you can definitely tell it's there. Uh, all of it working together. What intrigued me was, like y'all said, the heavy riff of all of it, basically trying to combine it all three together for me. But, I mean, for it all being uh, intertwined to uh, lead up for all three albums, yeah, great concept, great great way to do it. Just certain songs in there just wasn't, wasn't a part of it, in my personal opinion, because, like, like we said on some of them, it's seem like just filler songs but to understand what he was going for yeah listening between all three of them you kind of get pretty much the picture of it being either lost in, uh lost in the world or lost in space i tell you what this is going to floor you guys i never heard a single marilyn manson album after this one um i was a fan of uh uh the first couple smells like children portrait of american family Loved Antichrist Superstar. By the way, Sid, if you could help a brother out and get Antichrist and Hollywood to me, I would wicked appreciate that. I've never heard Hollywood, and I want to put this whole thing together. And I don't own Antichrist. Uh, I used to on CD. I ended up selling a lot of my CDs off when I went through my divorce years ago. But I tell you what, I heard this album in Coma White. I mean, I, I love most of this album, as you guys remember from my review. I really do. Um, Coma White is like... Manson kind of blew his load for me 
on that song. You know, I, I didn't think he would ever be able to do anything any better than that. It was just such a, like, lyrically, it's his best lyrics, but I've heard nothing since then. Uh, so if you could hook me up with those, that'd be awesome, just so I could put the trilogy. Absolutely, man, absolutely. You, you know what I'm thinking here, man? What's up? This is going to sound weird because, like like we said, we don't technically tend to do album reviews. But now that we have gotten into this discussion about how this is all a trilogy and it started off with Mechanical Animals, I, I would make a suggestion that we continue this as a trilogy just to baffle people. Because Hollywood in the Valley of the Shadow... I can tell you, you're going to be baffled by that album. It's, uh, I would say Mechanical Animals it has been his best work. Uh, maybe plainly because of uh, Coma White alone. But, but, you're, you're going to listen to Hollywood. And I'm going to say it's probably a lot, if not maybe, rivals Antichrist Superstar in darkness man musically and lyrically it's dark and you'll like it nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting the feeling I'm, I'm using the force i'm using my vulcan mind melt and i'm getting the feeling here that the amount man is not happy <laughs> about going forward with album review for too much longer <laughs> so he, that that's that's because he has that damn leash wrapped around his neck. You know, it might be the wifey that pulls him and says, "Come here, honey, it's time to get uh, off. Gotta get leave the bar now. <laughs> You're tapped oh, out." Oh no! Well, but I, I will stipulate to this because since we do tend to do one of these once every four or five weeks, I am definitely open to doing those other two albums as, as part of this. Oh, but I'm not. Right. I, I don't want to come not in not here next, next week with more fucking no, album no. review. No, no. Yeah, next week is gonna be the party like a, a, a I don't know current event, state of WWE. You know, the sin have volume two. I agree. That's a... the 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 sin have his fist up his ass too far again. You know, type shit like that. You know, we got we gotta you know find out what the hell we got going on. Yeah, absolutely. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. I understand what you're saying about incorporating this, but you got to be a head-on Manson fan to basically want to do that. And that's the only reason why Nate's Jedi mind, even though he had a camera in front of him, and he's flipping his phone off <laughs> <laughs> over it. Yeah, uh, I, I don't care to partake in it. I'm just not totally a head-on Manson fan. Do I care to do that to, for our fans that love Manson? Sure, not at all. But, by God, you just wait. If we're going to incorporate that, you're going to hate me afterwards, buddy. Uh, I already hate both you fuckers for having to do these reviews. Right. <laughs> 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 oh. Hey, I mean... Bushy left the door open. The minute he said trilogy, I, I just thought of it. I was like, you know, what? So that'd be a good ass idea. But here's the thing, man. I wanna, I wanna end that, man. The whole trilogy thing, which means September won't, we won't have an album review because I wanna end that shit, man. Like the week of Halloween, just to creep everybody out, dude. I think that would make for a great Halloween episode. Uh, a Marilyn Manson review. Yeah. I'd rather it yeah, is along, the great pumpkin, Charlie movies. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite fucking cartoon. Oh, my God. We will, uh, 
Here, here's what I think. Let's leave that on the table. Um, right. Those two albums. For sure. we, we may come back to them. We may not. We will discuss this <laughs> off, In the off mic. But uh, like I said, I'm not opposed. Um, I, I do love Antichrist Superstar. That was a great album. Like I said, I had to sell it because my ex-wife was fucking raping me at the bank. So I was doing anything I could to make money. Um, right. Well, technically, honestly, if you think about it, the next album review is your choice, Bushy, because I've chosen and Sims chose. No, I did the Rolling Stones, remember? Yeah. Oh, it's God, does it go back to me now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Alrighty, well, I'll ponder on that some more later, but I'm enjoying just sitting here bullshitting for now. Now, now. Wait, the pew- what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my good. Jesus Christ, I don't even know what I'm hearing half the time on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> the Le Pew means that's bullshit, man. That's bullshit for French. Oh, <laughs> Le Pew. <laughs> Mighty. What else is going on? No, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Le Pew does not mean bullshit in French. Just to give you a heads up, just, you know, my little concept. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I-, I hope we have listeners smarter than that. If not, I don't know why the hell I'm even doing this. <laughs> oh god so i tell you what i finally got to see a uh, a good preview of that coming film dunkirk um it intrigued me i i like war movies anyway but i saw a guy here on uh, fox news the other day and i don't i don't typically see a movie or film critic on fox news because they're more most of the time more worried about what the hell is going on in the world but this guy, it, uh, you know, he gave his review. I wish I could remember exactly how he said it. He said it was you know, stellar filmmaking, extremely intense. It's an hour and 47 minutes. Um, it's shot in three acts. One act is like an hour. Another act is supposed to be like just a couple of minutes. And another act is an entire day. Um, you, you, know, you see fighting on land, at sea, in the air said it's an hour and 47 minutes the entire thing is every bit as intense as that opening sequence on storming the beaches of Normandy and saving Private Ryan he says you could leave there with a bit of vertigo because of all the sweeping camera loops you know camera angles and such um, gave it five stars it was going back that night to see it a third time. Have you guys heard about this film at all? I was I was fixing to say, dude, down south, we don't get as many previews on TV as y'all do. What in the hell are you talking about? Dunkirk, really? It's uh, it's based on a. I know what Dunkirk is. Yeah, of course. But I'm saying I didn't know they they come out with a movie or. Yeah, it's like uh, it just dropped. Um. For the longest time, the previews, you would see a bunch of soldiers, looks, I believe it's World War One, uh, based on the helmets that the British were wearing. Um, and all you would see was them kind of look up to the sky, and then you would see, you know, from the inside of a, of, of a plane, coming down on them, you'd see them all duck, the screen would go black, and it would just say Dunkirk coming soon. And for months, I was like, what the hell is this film? Uh, finally, YouTube got a good long trailer. And, uh, yeah, I was intrigued because I like war movies. But I'm just trying to think. Do you remember the intensity of that opening sequence of Saving Private Ryan when they're 
You know, that what is that? 20, 30 minutes just trying to take that beach. It's some of the most yes. intense filmmaking I've ever seen. Could your heart handle an hour and forty-seven minutes of that kind of intensity? That I don't know. That's that's kind of one of them things that you basically have to stop and think about it for yourself uh, for wanting to go in the military. And it's stuff. the things that make you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, for. sorry. Put in your words to win for you. You said it, man. I just sung it. <laughs> yeah, you would. I mean, the the first part of Saving Private Ryan, yeah, is very heart wrenching and uh, hard to believe. But for another movie coming out like that, dude, that's going to be pretty damn intense if they're going to explain a whole lot more. On it. Well, yeah, I mean, it has nothing to do with the Normandy thing. Like I said, this is World War One. But what they're what they're right. doing is comparing the intensity of the movie and and the action and the violence and such to that opening Normandy scene. And I just I remember watching Saving Private Ryan for the first time. I mean, now it doesn't matter how loud the surround sound is because I know what happens throughout the movie. I don't feel that level of of intensity and stress when I'm watching it like I did the first time. Well, holy hell! I'm mean, right. going into a theater and seeing this thing. We're talking an hour and forty seven minutes of nonstop. I, I am really curious, and I'm, I'm strongly considering going to see it. But at the same time, I want to go see War for the Planet of the Apes. So what the hell do I know? I think that's going to be intense. Right. right. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm well, sorry. I love me some Caesar, man. I'm all about, no! <laughs> right. Joe, what do you think? Well, I can tell you like this. First of all, any movie that intensely directed by the man in Hollywood at the present time, which is Christopher Nolan, you know it's badass. Any fucking movie that's been... Ever since he did the Dark Knight trilogy, every single movie he's done after has done success. His vision, creativity of putting a story up on the big screen, super, super badass, man. Like... Literally, like, this man has so much talent. When his legacy is done, when he's done retired from making movies, he is going to be up there with the creators of Star Wars. He's going to be up there with Steven Spielberg. Like, if he is not up there now, I don't know where the hell he's at, but he is definitely the man, basically the captain of the 21st century when it comes to movie making. Me, personally... I'm, I'm going to be an asshole and say I will not go pay $15 for a fucking ticket to sit there with a bunch of other people who are probably going to be sitting there crying their asses off in the movie theater when I can wait a month from now, go to showbox.apk.com and have the son of a bitch movie on my damn fucking phone for free. Oh, I completely disagree. I love going to the theater. <laughs> Now, wait, though. Wait, wait. XD now. If we're talking XD or, like, one of those IMAX movie theaters, if you have never done that, if I, I'm, I'm going to look. If it's in an IMAX theater, I go see it, okay? Because IMAX to be laying on your back and looking up at a ceiling and watching a movie like that, super badass. I saw Independence Day, uh, the original with Will Smith back in the day in IMAX theater. I got a little sick because of the whole panoramic view type thing but for dunkirk i would personally go if it's in the imax theater 
go see that shit, man. Anywhere in the U.S. Yeah, I don't have one of okay. those near me. The closest ones is Syracuse, and I'm not driving that far. But I do love... Well, let me go ahead and say this, because y'all are going to give me hell. What the fuck is an IMAX theater and the other thing you said? Wait, what? An IMAX, <laughs> an IMAX theater... If you ever, when you were younger, remember going into a planetarium in your uh, school? Uh, yeah. Okay, you remember how they had like it? It you look like you were in a dome, and it would show you like the stars and stuff like that in outer space, and you know all your basic features. But that's what an IMAX theater is. It's a dome that's enclosed, and pretty much the screen goes to like if you're laying on your back. Imagine yourself laying on a. Uh, trying to think of the word here what the hell is that word a uh like a lawn chair or something you're just lying back as as back as you can the screen literally right like if you were just to turn your head to the left or the right the screen is going to be there and it goes all the way pretty much like a dome yeah, it's like three from one stories side. something yeah, like that it, i saw it, a cliffhanger on a on an imax down in san antonio when i was in a ait when you when you know when slow jumped off that mountain you were grabbing handles yeah, it's it's pretty. I can tell you, it's pretty intense to be in an IMAX theater, and they do warn you that if you suffer from anything like claustrophobia or you know like you can't handle like enclosement type thing, too much strong sound or like vibrations or you're sensitive, period, point blank, do not enter that bitch, dude. I've seen people freak out within 15 minutes being carried out of that bitch, dude. Pretty much. So. I've never been the one nor heard of one around here, so that's why. Yeah, I'm they're gonna... probably in, the, in yeah. the bigger cities. I'd say probably even further away than Hickory. Um, like we have one in Syracuse. I'm just not driving that far for a freaking movie. I don't care how cool the experience is. I do, however, like seeing them on the big screen. I love the surround sound. I love that feel. Now, there are some movies that I never miss when they come to the theaters. Um, and Star Wars is one of them. I've been going to those. Since the original Star Wars came out in 1977, yes, I was only two years old, but I was there for it. Uh, I was there at 79 for Empire, I was there at 83 for Return of the Jedi, and I've been there every year since uh, to see these films as they come out. And I will only watch them for the first time in the theater. It's kind of a rule for me. Um, the, the superhero movies, man, I, I love to see them on the big screen, uh, especially these days. They're, they're so much better than they were when I was a kid. These punk-ass kids these days don't know how good they have it. I mean, it was in 1979, I believe it was, when the first Superman film came out. That was the most you know, amazing thing ever created up to that point. Even more so than Star Wars or Star Trek, the motion picture. That was the most amazing thing. I own all four Christopher Reeve Superman movies. They're so hard to watch anymore. So hard to watch. <laughs> right. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Since we're on the topic of movies, have either one of you seen the new uh, Fast and Furious Fate of the Furious? Fuck no. Seated on Showbox. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, here's the, here's the thing. You guys are going to hate me, especially Bushy. I, I won't go to see a movie like Dunkirk or The Fate of the Furious, man. But yet my ass is still patiently waiting for September and October, which to me is my favorite time of year to go catch movies. Why? Because it's horror season. I'm looking forward to looking at it 
I'm looking forward to the new story of Friday the 13th, which comes out October 13th. And October 20, I want to say 28th or 27th, the eighth installment of Saw. I'll go pay fifteen dollars to go watch those three movies, but the other ones you just mentioned, nah. See, that's funny. I'm Can't like, man, fuck Jigsaw. That dude was dead. The only good one was the first one. Um, the same thing with Friday right. the Thirteenth. They've been messing that franchise up ever since they did the first one way back in the late '70s or 1980, whatever it came out. I, I, I don't care for the last. I saw a preview for Cult of Chucky. I thought it looked freaking stupid. Um, but I do like horror movies. I'm just for me, I've gotten kind of over <laughs> the cheesy, stupid shit. You know, uh, although I'm getting ready to watch Blair Witch here a little bit later, so I've got to see how that turned out. But I, 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 the new Blair yeah. Witch, I'm on this. It definitely let me know. I will. It. It's uh, on Epix, so I went ahead and recorded it. It's on my DVR. I'm going to watch that a little bit later. But that, that's the kind of stuff I've gotten more into because for some reason, you know, even though you know it's not real, the fact that it's all handheld cameras and looks like it's unscripted, looks like people that aren't acting, to me, that shit is terrifying. Paranormal Activity and the second one, those two especially, scared the shit out of me. Um, the original Blair Witch movie, where we all thought that was real, that was the most terrifying thing I had ever seen since the fucking Exorcist. You know, mm. that's the kind of stuff that scares me. That shit that you just don't know about. I know there's no serial killer out there, you know, copycatting off this old serial killer that died, cutting jigsaw pieces out of people's skin. Okay, I don't buy that. I don't buy, you know, <laughs> the little retarded kid that drowned in the lake coming back as a full-grown man killing people, okay? I, I don't buy that. And I certainly don't believe in the little doll coming to life and killing people. But ghosts, right. uh, well, you know what? I, I've had an experience where I'm 99% sure I saw a ghost and it scared the shit out of me. That kind of stuff scares me. I also grew up in the church, so devil shit tends to scare me, which is why the exorcist scared me so bad. Uh, that, that stupid slasher stuff, while I enjoy them, depending on what they are, I think the, the guy to do that the best any time recently has been uh, Rob Zombie. Everything else is just cheesy reboots of old shit and i haven't liked it you know but the devil's rejects right. and uh uh you know, what are the other ones he did even 31 i don't know if you've seen 31 yet 31 or, house of a thousand, thousand horses. Yeah. great yeah, great films uh all reminiscent of the old splatter films absolutely loved them it's this i don't know i'm more excited about the monster movies that are going to be coming out because i saw the mummy here recently uh with tom cruise and it was silly and funny but also fun but it opened the door for a Jekyll and Hyde film to come out. It opened the door for a new Dracula based on the old Bela Lugosi type Dracula to come out. It opened up the door for a new Frankenstein movie, a new Wolfman movie. You know, the old classic monster films, that, that door has been opened with The Mummy. And if you remember, The Mummy was one of those horror films, monster films that came out in the 30s and 40s that kind of opened up that whole genre. So, uh... I'm more excited about that than seeing a stupid hockey mask wearing homo slicing people up. Right. I have to say, based on horror movies, because me, me and Granny Clyde over here love horror movies. We Now, my wife, you couldn't get her to watch one damn horror movie if you tried. She absolutely will not watch it. She'll go in another room while me and Mom watch some of the new horror movies that comes out. 
but me and actually Granny was talking about this the other day. Dude, the last good horror movies that me and her can even remember seeing that was worth a name was the Evil Dead or the Sinister movies. That's the best ones that we have seen actually lately. It's got a decent story concept too. Yeah, well, you know, they're all pretty silly when you think about it, horror movies. Um, yeah. Jen loves them. Uh, you know, that's, that's like her favorite shit to watch. She likes romance and horror, so I watch a lot of horror with her because I fucking hate stupid romance movies. But um, <laughs> the ones that scare her the most are the backwoods hillbilly type slasher films. You know, uh, like the one where basically yeah like the one where they're spending the night in the hotel and you got the creepy rednecks in the walls coming out killing you or you know uh, you know yeah, anything like that is is the shit that scares her um i don't know ghost stories for me that's the stuff that scares me uh, but i'd rather watch something else in, in that fate of the furious i give less than two rats asses about that uh, personally, I, I haven't liked any of those. Well, I stopped watching them, let's, let's be honest. I did see the second one. I, I liked the first one. Tolerated the second. And I I don't care, because it's, uh, what are you going to do? Oh, you're going to drive a car? How are you going to drive it? Fast! Okay, great. It's like watching NASCAR. i got better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't... I, 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 you know what I did see that I was surprised was any good was uh, I finally saw Riddick. You know, the the third in that series, what was it, Pitch Black, The Chronicles of Riddick, and then Riddick. I was absolutely blown away by that movie. I thought it was great. Uh, that's one of the characters that I like Vin Diesel playing. I don't like him playing the car-driving guy. Um, I didn't even like him playing the Navy SEAL that was protecting the family, and they had to duck the bit of him in the ear. I thought that was stupid. You know, but... Uh, yeah, the Riddick movies I really like. It started with Pitch Black. I thought that was brilliantly done. Small budget movie that just really opened up this whole character. It was, it was absolutely amazing. If you get a chance to watch Riddick, that's over two hours long, but it is worth every freaking minute to sit there and watch that film. I do have one crazy question. What the hell are we doing on just popping the movies? It just changed like... Yeah, because we're finally done with that stupid fucking album. Yeah, and you, and you guys wanted to chit chat, man. Uh, just to give a mention, man, not to uh, down anybody, but fuck uh, uh, Chester. So anybody got a problem, you can unfriend me. But no, I want to just say, you know, we lost an, uh, another horror director this year, man. George Romero passed away on the 16th due to a short but aggressive battle with lung cancer. And we're talking topics of movies, man. We all forgot about the zombie movies, man. Like Night of the Living Dead. Like I'm talking the black and white yeah. version. The one when I looked. I was probably about, I want to say four years old. And we had a one bedroom in New York. And me and my sister shared a bunk bed. I had top and I was getting ready to go to the bathroom. I come out and I'm hearing this. So, oh, coming to get you, Barbara. And I'm sitting and thinking in my head, I'm like, what the hell is my dad watching? And I sneak, you know, kind of creep just a little bit because I didn't want him to know I was up at like 10 o'clock because he thought I was sleeping. And I, I look around and I'm looking at this thing and I'm, I get instantly hooked because first of all, it's in black and white. And I'm sitting, I'm like, okay, so this has got to be back from when he was a little kid. So I, I sat there and I was looking, looking. And all of a sudden, the zombies start coming. Dude, I, when I saw what they were doing, I, and mind you, it's not really graphic, 
purple four-year-old kid who's never seen shit like that, dude. I just remember spewing chunks for at least two to three hours in the bathroom. My mom was like, why is he throwing up? Why is he sick? My dad's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, mommy, I was like, Bobby's watching a scary movie. And my dad just yelling and whooping my ass. He goes, why are you sitting out here watching a movie? And blah, blah, blah. That's scary. And I did not watch another scary movie probably till about seven years later when I was 11 years old, man. But uh, yeah, George Romero was a great uh, director for the horror genre, especially zombies. He was the godfather and father of that. And him and Les are up there, man, making more horror movies, man. So all is good. So I just wanted to add, you know, I'm, I'm a horror fan, so I just had to throw my two cents in. Sorry. It's letting everybody know. Let you, let you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, ladies and gentlemen, man, what the hell is going on? We're still sitting here live. And I am literally twirling my thumbs and playing and playing. And neither, neither one of these two guys are here. <laughs> It's a sin show. <laughs> hey, how, how'd you do, buddy? <laughs> I, 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 was, I was trying to kill time, so I started singing. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm going to leave that in. I'll, I'll put in a title, you know, in the description of the show, Sid Makes an Ass of Himself Singing. No, uh, George Romero right. in the zombie films. Um, Now, as a kid, I did love Night of the Living Dead. Um, He's definitely a huge influence, if not the creator of that genre, really. At the same time, I'm not a huge fan of zombie films. However, there's a lot that I do like. It's, it's weird. It has to be something special to grab me. Uh, Night of the Living Dead is an absolute classic. Absolute classic. And, and when I'm bored and it's on, I will watch it. Um, the whole black and white thing was very creepy. You know, he was ahead of his time there. And without Night of the Living Dead, we have no Walking Dead. But I don't go crazy when there's a zombie film coming out. Um, I did end up watching years later, finally, Zombieland, and absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, and I loved World War Z. Uh, then you had 28 Days, and 28 Days Later. And I, I wasn't sure how I felt about those films. It's, it's really weird for me, but he's definitely the master and, and creator of that genre. And uh, I know he will be missed by horror aficionados especially. Right. That's, that's just crazy. Me, like I said, I think the last zombie movie I did see, I concur, is that one with Brad Pitt, World, World, World War Z. Yeah. Words, words so, are hard. Fucking English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that pretty much, I mean, granted, you know, like I said, for everybody else, I'm, I'm not a fan of a. I'll leave it like this. I'm not a fan of suicide. I'm not going to even get in a whole goddamn conversation. But yeah, we also lost Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park on Thursday. And for whatever reason, and whatever reason he felt like checking out at the age of 41, kudos to you, dude. But you know what? You just left your six kids behind and your hot ass wife, bro, which Mike Shinoda will probably bang anyway, dude, now that you're gone. Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm not. Personally, a hater of Lincoln Park, I, I give you a shit you not. High bear theory all the way till minutes to midnight were good. 
after that when they started introducing all these pop acts onto their album i lost interest but uh he is a musician you know who did struggle with depression and stuff like that i have lost friends to suicide and i sometimes deal with depression to where i flirt with it sometimes but i realized in the long run i got three beautiful nieces a loving daughter all four of them i want to watch grow up to be beautiful great women and do something in this world and no matter how fucking upset how deep and depressed i get I got my brothers and you two and all my fucking friends are out there to support me and stuff to keep my ass going. So long story short, do not give up on yourself, man. Every time this motherfucker says long story short, he's already talked for 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Right? No, but if anybody's out there dealing with that, man, reach out to somebody because you'll be surprised who listens to you, man. Don't give up on yourself is what I'm trying to say. No way in shape or form does the plug condone any negativity shit like that just take care of yourself yeah, i, uh, I agree much. um i think that uh what you said there in the beginning was kind of harsh um nobody could really <laughs> judge you know what what kind of issues he was dealing with in his mind um i've lost several friends to suicide as well it sucks uh one guy uh we were in 10th 10th or 11th grade uh, my bubby uh, uh buddy bobby laplatney um, we were talking to him on a Thursday. He said, hey, man, we're going to Lost Horizons tomorrow night, right? Yeah, yeah, man, go check out the music because there used to be underground live acts that played down there. I mean, I saw White Zombie before they were big. I saw Typo before they were big down in this little club in Syracuse. I get in Friday morning to find out he had put a 22 caliber revolver behind his ear and blew his brains out the next day. You just never know what's going on with these people. Um, it's sad. It's tragic. Even if you don't agree with it, me, I would never do it. And there's times that I've said it's a coward's way out. It sucks. I'm not a Lincoln Park fan at all. I think it's shit fucking music. But I know they've got a huge fan base that's mourning this death. Um, I do like that one song, One Step Closer. I thought that was brilliant. You know, but barring that, I, I don't give a shit. But I hate hearing about anybody taking themselves out except for Kurt Cobain. Fuck him. <laughs> I, I still say Kurt was never, never off himself, dude. There's a lot of controversy That's, behind yeah, that, Yeah, by bro. a bunch of pussies. I want to try to blame it on a bitch that was across the country. <laughs> she might have been across the country, but there was another one that was actually in the neighborhood who actually became famous after fucking Kurt you know died. He, uh, he wrote this song... Um, it's the best Nirvana song ever. It was called I Hate Myself or What a Die. Because he had the balls to follow through. <laughs> right, right. I'm just, no, I'm not a Nirvana fan. And that's because when I was growing up in that era, I was such a big fan of hard rock and heavy metal. And I thought the grunge movement just killed rock and roll. In fact, because of Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, I switched to country music in the 90s. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, man. I, I got big into like Brooks and Dunn and, you know, Garth Brooks fucking tanya tucker and uh, oh yeah i got into a lot of country music at that time uh who's that the pam tillis you ever heard call me cleopatra because i'm the queen of denial and mary chapin carpenter i was into all of that stuff because of it no i think the only female uh country music artist i ever got into yep, was, was schneider twain mm, the only hey. reason you two were into her was just because of her looks 
Exactly, so. man. Exactly. Her singing, bro. Her, if you listen to her sing, man. Mm, yeah, I loved her mm, first mm. out. Yeah, I listened to her sing. I listened to her sing her way right in and get pissed off because she didn't win a Grammy. I don't care. I don't care if she didn't win a fucking Grammy. Grammy. Dude, that a girl is joke, hot. Man. The Grammys are every bit of joke as uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's all run by Rolling Stone magazine and assholes that aren't music fans. They just look at numbers. I fuck the Grammys and fuck the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, scumbags. That, 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 to me, the Grammys is fixed, man. It when I, when I hear about it's the Grammys joke. being on, on, it's like, oh, oh you cast your vote or whatever. Nah, man, if I'm going to watch an award show, I'm going to watch something like the Teen Choice Awards, where I know these kids are actually out there voting for their favorite artists. I'd rather watch that versus the Grammys or the fucking Emmys. Period, point, yeah, blank, not, dude. Both, both of them are scammed. Uh, the Grammys, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I hate them both. Because there's so much that's overlooked. It's run by elitists. I mean, fuck. Uh, how long did it take Kiss to get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And all these Kiss fans were so happy, man. Fuck, Kiss should have done what Axl Rose did and told the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to fuck right off. You know, Rolling Stone oh, magazine great. come out years and years and years ago saying they were a joke. They were never going to last. Don't even worry about these guys. They get inducted into the Hall of Fame. All of a sudden, Rolling Stone has Kiss on the cover. And here's the slap in the face. It's a photo of them from 1975. Are you kidding me? They're, they're a joke. I hate Rolling Stone magazine. I hate the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I hate the Grammys. They could all suck my ass. <laughs> oh, now you got me all pissed off. Anything else we want to talk about today, boys? Uh... I, I never met that bitch. Lube. Oh, fucking skitters and lube. Uh, <laughs> people, this is what I have to put up now, with. Uh, here, here's, one, here's one question. How come a redneck down south has a catchphrase in this whole ordeal of this podcast, but neither one of you do? Because I got... Because go we... Go ahead, Pussy. No, you go, uh, you I'm go first. Because I've spent too much time editing and uploading... And I got the best goddamn closing statement, biatch. <laughs> I don't, I don't need yeah, a catchphrase. When you're, when you're as sexy and awesome as this is, you don't need a fucking catchphrase. <laughs> this catchphrase has made me so good. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't even thought about a catchphrase. Uh, the catchphrase that I use, I only use to open up my radio show. So, um. Even though you have it on our uh, on our on our uh, Facebook page, and on the uh, actual podcast uh, on Podbean.com itself, that hey 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 hey, uh, that's kind of my thing. But I, I strictly use that to open up my radio show. Um, so I didn't really think of a catchphrase to come over here, so to speak. You know what I mean? Although, if you exactly. listen to our intro, it is in there. That hey 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 hey, what up, beggars? It's in there. Uh, yeah. It's there. Yeah, but what about I, you, Sam? I don't fucking need one because I'm a city boy. I'm, I'm what you call the outsider. So, you know, I just sit there and keep my mouth quiet, man, and talk on command and mute myself when I have to, like right now. Nice, nice. All right, people. Do we have anything to promote this week? Not man. Uh, wow, I'm right on the spot. Uh... <laughs> I, well, yes, I 
I do. I want to promote uh, what Sin was saying earlier, uh, stuff against uh, basically uh, depression, anything like that. Um, as That's kind of what I was going to bring up for mine was the Chester Bennington thing. Uh, but just like all of us, I'm sure every single one of us has dealt with some sort of little bit of depression, but there's other people that can't handle it in this world. So just like Sin said, if, if there's ever any time... Hell, even for us three, if y'all are hearing this right now, you're having a bad day, we're on Facebook, we're on Snapchat, send us the thing on, what the hell was that? <laughs> that was, that was Bushy sitting there uh, throwing the tantrum for that. He's like, damn, he's broadcasting where we're freaking available at. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Get uh, go ahead. Over. Tell your story, <laughs> Biatch. Biatch. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, it, it, and even there's numbers out there to contact people. So if you're ever feeling that down and out, definitely contact somebody and just get a hold of someone. Absolutely. And if you know a veteran suffering from PTSD and depression and suicidal, there's a suicide hotline for them. I don't have that number readily available, but look it up. Uh, it's all over Facebook. Let's get it out there. Help these guys as well. I agree. A hundred percent. All right. Sid, anything to promote? Actually, I'm going to go in a different direction uh, to those people who feel so bad to the point where they think they have to off themselves. I want you to do me a favor before you do and if you decide to. Look up one of those St. Jude kids, man, out there in St. Jude's Hospital. Those little guys out there, man, that are suffering in this hospital are fighters, non-quitters. They're looking for help. So if you get the chance to sit there and... You, if you can afford to donate to St. Jude's or any child for that matter in need, whether they're mentally handicapped, physically handicapped, you don't have to donate to St. Jude's. But like, for instance, if maybe your neighbor has a child that's sick, look out for them, man. Help them out the best way you can because those little guys have a long, long battle ahead of themselves. So that's why I got to St. Jude's just, hospitals. Nice, nice. Yeah, St. Jude's, man, because those, those little kids, it, it breaks my heart. I wish I had money to afford what they're asking for to sit there and donate. But, take, you know, I'm saying, but not necessarily, like I said, not necessarily St. Jude's. You, you know, go to your neighbors. Like, if you know there's a child, like I said, mentally slow, maybe physically handicapped, help that neighbor out, man. You know, there are children out there. And I know a couple of friends in Vegas who have babies that are handicapped. So, you know, trying to help them out if you can, man, this this. That's all I gotta say, bro. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you two sappy fucks. I don't have any sappy shit. Our promotion this week is the the book Rogue Warrior by Richard Marcinko. Um, the byline says uh, the explosive autobiography of the controversial, death-defying founder of U.S. Navy's top-secret counterterrorist unit, SEAL Team Six. Um, this book reads very, very quickly. Um, I think even Sin could handle it. <laughs> wow. Even at 373 pages. Um, there's a glossary of terms. Uh, what that means is little dictionary. <laughs> for stuff that's um, relevant to the story. Um, but this is the guy that actually created Seal 6. He's uh, a brilliant virtuoso of violence. Uh, Richard Marcinko rose through Navy ranks to create and command one of this country's most elite and classified counter-terrorist units, uh, SEAL Team 6. Now the 30-year veteran recounts his secret missions 
and special warfare madness of his worldwide military career and the riveting truth about the top secret Navy SEALs. This is an excellent, excellent book. Um, I believe he ends up writing this book from a federal prison because he later went on to create something called Red Cell, uh, which was the uh, a dirty dozen team of the military's most accomplished decorated counterterrorists. And their unbelievable job, Red Cell, mind you, was to test defenses of the Navy's most secure facilities and installations. A result predictable, all hell broke loose. Because uh, the way Richard Marcinko uh, describes it in this book is um, he would get into the commanding officers, uh, either the admiral or the general, whether it was a naval base or a Marine Corps base, it take that motherfucker at gunpoint hostage, <laughs> just to show how shitty the you know the defensive fortifications were with our military bases. Uh, but this guy was a badass. True story. Dick Marcinko, Navy SEAL that started out as a frogman. So when they created SEAL Team Six, spoiler alert, he called it six just to scare the shit out of the rest of the world. We only had two teams. You call it six, all of a sudden we think there's more than just two SEAL teams out there. Great read. Everybody check that out. Richard Marcinko, Rogue Warrior. All right. I was fixing the hog screen trial that you... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm trying to promote a book with these two motherfuckers. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts? Seeing. Nope, other than that, until next time, man, stay safe and uh, make sure you uh, check us out on iTunes and on Podbean. Yes, absolutely. Leave us a five-star review, man. Let us know how we're doing. Tell your friends, share, share, share. Share. Yes, share. Don't, 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 don't share the loot, though. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, <laughs> man, he's, he's shared lube with, like, the neighbor cat or something. You talk about a man piece of pussy. <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> Any final words, Mr. Mountain Man? Same as always. Stay sick. Take care of one another. Skitter pow meow meow. Mountain Man. Out. I love that skitter pow meow meow. <laughs> Ah, oh, it's always fun working with these guys. We hope you enjoyed our review. Like I said, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We will see you next week, motherfuckers. Bye, Vinyl. Do you love it loud? Then plan to attend the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. One day event celebrating all things rock and roll. Over 20 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on site. Panel discussions with producers that have worked with Ozzy, Slayer, Kiss, Y&T, Seven Dust, Dokken, and more. Celebrity signings and meet and greets with current and former members of Cinderella, Winger, Tora Tora, Collected Soul, Taiketo, The Monkees, with more to be announced. 
All that and record dealers slinging some sweet vinyl. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo takes place Saturday, August 26th at the Music Valley Event Center. More information available at NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com as well as on Facebook. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Feast your ears. Hey, Fangers, Big Bushy here. What are you doing every Saturday and Sunday morning, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time? I'll tell you what you should be doing. You should be tuning in to DJ Sato and his night shift. That's right, all genres of metal, all requests honored, only on ThatMetalStation.com. But remember, whatever you do, don't fall. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I wanna rock. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You gotta fight for your right. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We've got Bush. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right, bangers. Cold beer, hot women, loud music, and copious amounts of hairspray and spandex. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, the Big Bushy Power Hour is the biggest party on that metal station.com. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon I know. What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on the plug. See you next week.